Hello, my friends. A very special show today based on the great journalism of our friends at Project Veritas, an unbelievable undercover video of statements made by someone purporting to be a senior officer at Pfizer. Well, we'll show you their work, and then we'll talk to a Project Veritas boss about how it all went down. You really need to see the video version of this, not just the audio podcast. You can get it. You'll understand it for sure. But, oh, my God, you've got to see this guy. To get the video version of this, just go to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe. It's only 8 bucks a month for my show, which I do every weekday. I think you get good value for the money. But, you know, also do it out of love because we need the support. We do not take any money from Justin Trudeau. We rely on you. So please help us out by going to rebelnewsplus.com and clicking subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Pfizer's in trouble again, and we've got the video to prove it. It's January 27th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Well, last week we had our biggest video in our history. We've published, I don't know, 40,000 videos since our little company was born eight years ago. But our three-minute walking scrum of Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla was the most popular by far. 20 million views on Twitter alone. Plus, it was bootlegged, copied, translated, reposted in innumerable places just because it's so much fun to watch. Here's three minutes of it. Mr. Bourla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of rain. It's not making Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? Why won't you answer these basic questions? No apology, sir. Do you, do you think you should be charged criminally for Albert, for some of the criminal behavior you've obviously been a part of? How much money have you personally made off the vaccine? How many boosters do you think it'll take 
for you to be happy enough with your earnings. Nothing? Who did you meet with here in secret? Will you disclose who you met with? Who did you pay commissions to? In the past, Pfizer has paid $2.3 billion in fines for deceptive marketing. Have you engaged in that same conduct again? Are you under investigation like you were before for your deceptive marketing, sir? If any other product in the world doesn't work as promised, you get a refund. Should you not refund to countries that laid out billions for your ineffective vaccine? Are you used to only sympathetic media so you don't know how to answer any questions? You know, um, it was an opportunistic thing. We saw him on the street. We asked him questions. When it became clear he wouldn't answer, we asked more anyways. People liked to see the attempt at accountability, even if there was no actual accountability. But it wasn't well planned. It wasn't crafted. In fact, we had about 10 seconds to act when we saw him on the street. Compare that to a stunning video that was released this week by Project Veritas. Now, you know who they are. That's run by James O'Keefe, who has really perfected the undercover investigative journalism of <clears throat> liberal, progressive, and corporate establishments. He typically uses undercover uh, operatives who gain access to the Democratic Party or teachers unions or left-wing activist groups um, or big tech companies or other media companies. Well, this time he did it to Pfizer, arranging for someone to go on a date with a Pfizer employee but in a manner that made the Pfizer employee quite certain that it was a random encounter. And then Project Veritas's undercover reporter would pose as someone on a date and record it. Oh, that takes nerves of steel. Well, the resulting videos have had millions of views on Twitter, which is the same place that we've had millions of views. But let me say this. I started off by saying bad week for Pfizer, but is that actually true? Because other than on Twitter, <clears throat> have you seen our encounter with Albert Bula of Pfizer? I haven't. I didn't see it on CBC or CTV or Global News. I don't think it was on any mainstream network in the United States. Fox News carried it on Tucker Carlson's show, and that is the largest cable news show in America, but it was not on ABC, NBC, CBS, the really big networks. So in a way, did Pfizer even care? I salute Elon Musk for buying Twitter and making it freer. And it certainly was all the buzz on Twitter. So other journalists certainly did see it, but they refused to pass on the news to their own viewers. And that is what looks to be happening with this new video from Project Veritas. Now, earlier today, I played the video through and commented sort of in real time on it. I'm going to play that again for you because I don't think I can come up with any better comments than what I had earlier today. So I'm going to take you through, I think it's a nine-minute video of Project Veritas and someone who purports to work as in a senior capacity for Pfizer. And then I'm going to interview the media relations manager for Project Veritas. So enjoy the show. 
it's not our journalism we're talking about today. It's Project Veritas, and God bless him. Here, take a look. Is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? I'm literally a liar. I was trying to impress a person on a date by lying. Uh, this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. Well, this is not, by the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell this anybody. This is just working at a company to literally help the public. You f up. You really did. Please read the cost. As soon as possible, Can you please unlock your door? No, you, no, don't let them leave. Please unlock the door. Give me, why is going on here? Please unlock, please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. Unlock the door. We're trying to get unlock the door. Unlock the door. Holy moly. Spies are not want the public to know that you guys are doing directed evolution. What's going on here? I got this like an interview. I know, it's freaking out. I mean, these like flashbacks to that like same organization of like those conservative people who like randomly go into organizations. And then, like, Holy foreshadow. He knew, he didn't them, know what was about to happen to him. So it, like, he was starting to think of it. That sting. Why are we I back on this thing? You better not be recording me. And then here comes James. Hey there. Is this seat taken? He's so Hi. calm, so low energy. Um, you work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID He's realizing what happened. He's realizing that his premonitions why? were right. What, what is, is happening here? This is absurd. Why does Pfizer this want to absurd. hide from the public that they're mutating the COVID virus? Oh, my God. You're on video. You're on video. <laughs> What is going on here? I need to call the police right now. This is the police ain't gonna help you, brother. I don't know what's going on either. This is ridiculous. So you're on video. Uh, we're, 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 I'm a journalist. He's, Bro, first of all, I'm literally a liar. He's, he's on he's video. He's calling himself a liar. That's all he can think of. The virus keeps um, mutating. Yes, One of the things we're exploring right is why don't we mutate the virus? I don't know what's happening. I really need so the cops here right now. Cops, you need more than cops, my friend. Please do call the police. I'm sorry, this is insane. What's going on here? You can't do this here. Restaurant owner says you have to leave, but I, I think that I think that that Pfizer guy locked the door. Or Please did the restaurant lock the door? It's, do. it's not clear to me. He's uh, on tape here talking about mutating the COVID virus. Can I talk to you outside about this? Absolutely not. You cannot use my likeness on this. What is your name? I cannot use my likeness. I don't think that's how the law works. If you're in a place with no reasonable expectation of privacy, and you're a person of public interest, which he is here, you can take without your permission. I was trying to impress a person on a date by lying. I was literally trying, okay. I'm not even a scientist by background, you know, what and I came from a consulting firm right. that does business. Uh, this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. This is absurd. So, so he's making his argument. He's saying, I'm not even a scientist. Cops. I came please from a consulting please. firm, Why would you call um, and I just lied on a date. I, that might actually be true. Um, <laughs> so he's it's, it's he, he's full of fear and panic, but that might be true. 
Project Veritas, he's threatened to call the police. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone lied on okay. a date to he impress the a date. But it's a pretty odd thing to lie about Why repeatedly and with such police? specificity, don't you think? Guys, can you disrespect my father's What's the now, I think this is wrong to, if they've paid their bill, uh, especially, I don't think you can falsely imprison anyone even if they don't pay their bill. I'm not sure of that law in America. But I think they trapped the Project Veritas types in there. Why would you bring race into this? Please bring the cost as soon as possible. We have you on tape talking about mutating the COVID virus. No one mutates a COVID virus. Show you the May I show you the video? No, I want to call the police. Do we have to leave? Yes. Okay. No, you cannot just leave. Are you? Do you want me to? I want the police to come here and see all of you people. Can I? Can you? Can I ask? He sounds a little hysterical. He's panicking. I think he's having a psychological breakdown because he knows what he said. He he knows what he said. He doesn't memorize it. He he didn't seek to memorialize it. He just said you lie to impress a date. I don't know how saying you're mutating the virus impresses a date, but do you currently work for Pfizer? Yes or no? Do you currently work for Pfizer? Yes or no? So you you don't work for Pfizer. He doesn't want me to leave, ma'am. I I he wants the cops here, but he doesn't want me to leave. So I'm in a little bit of a predicament because she's asking me to leave, but he doesn't want me to leave. So what should we do? Okay, so Look how calm James O'Keefe is. Hi, you're on a video here. Look, Pfizer is mutating the virus. This is absurd. Look at this. No, I literally said that. What are you talking about? Well, this is not. Why the way? He sounds almost like he's crying. He's not crying, but he's that emotionally revved up. Why are you doing this to someone? This is absurd. I don't even know who you people are. Oh, you know who they are. How am I going to trust someone after this? That is a good question. If you suspect that, that mutating COVID virus, is this the way the virus started in Wuhan? Why do you think it's okay for Pfizer to do that? She, he's filming the restaurant owner right now. He's filming her. I don't know why he's filming her. Would, would you like me to leave? Because he won't. He's asking me not to leave, and he's consenting to my presence. Ma'am, are we allowed to just stay and ask a few questions? It's pretty remarkable that they call the police on us every time we show up and ask questions. Every time. You say Pfizer is planning on doing research in the future, then claim that there's an ongoing research about that and that there better not be any more outbreaks. Which is it? Are these experiments happening or not? Calling the police. He's standing behind the bar. Okay. I, I, I can't think the... Do not leave. Do not leave. Please What's that? don't let them in. They locked us in. What a ruckus. Yeah. If I was in that restaurant, I would you, want to get away from this hullabaloo. Ma'am, Looks like door. a good restaurant. Ma'am. Ma'am, we're trying to leave, but you locked us in here. Call our attorney. Can you please unlock your door? Let us out. No, I don't know what's going on. I don't want anyone leaving, but I don't know what's going on. What are you trying to tell me? 
Can you please unlock I don't know if there, how many people were in this restaurant who were not with Project Veritas. It looks like they had about four or five people. Could you please um, let us leave, ma'am? Considering how many people you can see, plus the person who's holding the camera, I think there were five people in that restaurant on Project Veritas. I'd like to leave. Please unlock the door. Wait, see, now they're worried because they know that. No, I think it's Trying to grab the iPad as if that's the only place where this video would reside. Maybe if he smashes the iPad, you can't just record people like that. Ow, he's assaulting me. He hit me. You can't do not. This is this is remarkable here. Thank you. Thank you. He's got the iPad. He's making. They're fighting over the iPad. They're pushing and shoving. This is this is degenerate. It is not. Stop. Let go of me. Now you're hurting me. What is going on here? You cannot just record people like that. Come on. It's not okay. Come on. It's not okay. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's yeah, James is right just to go. I think New York City. This is remarkable. What you just witnessed here. Uh, in the restaurant. Come on, guys. Where's the Where's the car? Where's the vehicle? Keep walking. Come on. This is insane. You just witnessed one of the most remarkable interactions ever. Do we have the iPad? So we're getting into the vehicle now. Where's our car? He's charging the guy, charging, charging, charging. You can't make an arrest at this point if you don't have the, the link in my hand. Okay. Walker would be arrested if O'Keefe was still present. Oh, then we could just walk away then. Not worry about it. If that's, if that's what you guys want to do, then yes. Huh. Just unbelievable. <clears throat> you know, it's been a while since I've been on a date. I, I can't even remember. But I know that you're trying to put your best foot forward and you don't want to lie, but you want to make yourself maybe appear a little bit smarter, a little bit braver, a little bit more interesting than you really are. Is that not human nature? And um, that guy is obviously very dramatic as, as his personality, you can sort of tell. So perhaps his intentions to impress a date plus his um, dramatic personality Maybe he did exaggerate, but it's a very weird thing to, to lie about. You're lying about evolving viruses to mutate them, to then make vaccines for your mutations. That is a very strange and obscure thing to lie about. Very weird. Like if it wasn't true, why would you say that? That, that would be like um, working at a bank and making up a lie that, you robbed people or the bank robbed like it's such like it's not a harmless lie it's a lie that implies a tremendous evil doing like it's not a like i don't even think that's a lie that makes this guy jordan look good like if you're lying aren't you lying to look more rich or powerful or handsome or successful i'm just trying to think what it might be like on a first date in a pizza restaurant in new york city or i think that's like a third date if i'm not mistaken very, very unusual. The fact that he very quickly moved to I'm a liar is bizarre to watch. It's so self-abnegating, so 
self like like to call yourself a liar in public to holler it to scream it to cry it a half dozen times is so self-abasing but maybe it's either what you have to do because you said something so atrocious but i actually and i'm not on this guy's side but maybe it's true i don't know I've never seen anything so crazy in my life. And James O'Keefe was certainly trying to find out if it was true. He had this guy on tape, but he put these questions to him now, not in the guise of an undercover journalist, the, the date of this guy, but as a journalist with an outwardly observable, conspicuous microphone and a camera crew. Holy cow. And you know, this is, this is not the first time that Project Veritas has entrapped or stinged someone using a dating service. That's got to be quite something, to target someone, to find someone, um, to make it seem organic and natural. I mean, I, I don't know how the dating apps work. I haven't been in the dating market for a decade and more than almost two decades. Um how do you pinpoint someone? How do you pinpoint someone? That, that, is, that is a fancy investigative journalistic technique. Like, I would, like, how would you go about, how would you know where someone was? How would you know if they're single? How would you know if they're on the app? How could you contact them? And like, just to arrange the meeting and then to, to stay so calm when you're undercover. And you heard this guy, Jordan, the, uh, the Pfizer consultant saying, oh, this reminds me of an interview. This feels, you make me think of those guys, those conservatives who do sting operations. Yeah, you know, that little warning light in the back of your mind, that was, that was right. And I've seen that in, in some of these before. So the plausibility with which he went on this date must have been so strong. He must have said there was no chance this was set up. This was a random occurrence or maybe even one that he set up. I don't know how they do it, but you got to tip your hat to Project Veritas. This has been going super viral since yesterday. And last I checked, as far as I could see, Pfizer has not made any statement. It'll be interesting to me to see what they say about this guy's identity and his real position, because you could see on the screen there that, that um, James O'Keefe was trying to buttress the claim that this guy was with Pfizer. He was showing all these screenshots of this guy. I, I don't know if that was on LinkedIn or some internal message board in Pfizer. And he was asking, because this guy is basically saying, I'm an outside contractor, not even a scientist, and I lied. That's his excuse. It'll be interesting to see if Pfizer throws this guy under the bus, tries to ignore it. Not a good week for Pfizer. Last week, it was me and my friend Avi Yamini tag-teaming Albert Bourla, their CEO down the street in Davos, Switzerland. We got no answers. Uh, this week, it's these too many answers, these over-the-top confessions. It would have been interesting to have these weeks reversed if Project Veritas had come out with this a week ago and if I was in Davos today and if I encountered Rob, uh, Albert Bourla, the CEO today, maybe I would have thrown in a question about this guy because I sure am curious. <laughs>
Jersey seat taken? What? Hi. Um, you work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? What is happening here? Why? What is going on here? This is absurd. Why does Pfizer want to hide from the public that they're mutating the COVID virus? Oh my God. You're on video. You're on video. <laughs> mutating the COVID virus. What is going on here? I need to call the police right now. This is not. I don't know what's going on either. This is ridiculous. So you're on video. Uh, we're, 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 I'm a journalist. Bro, first of all, I'm literally a liar. Absolutely outstanding journalism. Patient journalism. Imagine setting this whole thing. I, I just don't even know how they could target someone through a dating app, obviously. Just the patience to do that and then to get more and more information and the self-control not to pull the trigger on the story and the undercover acting of the reporter, it really is the most outstanding journalism organization in North America, and they should own every Pulitzer Prize, but because they are called conservative or skeptics rather than part of the establishment narrative, they will never get the recognition they deserve. Outstanding group, Project Veritas. James O'Keefe obviously is working very hard on this story on an ongoing basis, but we're lucky to have a few moments with Mario Balaban, the media relations manager from Project Veritas, who joins us live via Skype. Now, Mario, first of all, congratulations. Not only is that outstanding journalism, it was just riveting from a shock point of view, from an entertainment point of view. That was incredible. I, As James O'Keefe says, he's never had a reaction like that before. What do you make of it? Well, Ezra, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, again, what you did at, uh, in Davos was extraordinary as well to see, you know, really what that's the essence of journalism, right? Just asking questions. You ask questions to Albert Borla. He didn't give you a response. We've tried to get a response from Pfizer as a result of our investigation. We haven't heard from them. I don't know why they can't respond to journalists uh, about what we've uncovered here. But, you know, my overall take is, you know, as you've seen, is, is, is just incredible. This person is a, a Pfizer director uh, speaking very candidly and with clear knowledge of what he's saying, right? He very much knows what he's talking about in detail of what is going on in terms of mutating the COVID virus through what he calls directed evolution. Tries to say it's not gain of function, although several doctors, including Dr. Malone, say they believe it is. Um, and then, you know, we've, you know, he also talks about the revolving door um, idea where, you know, big pharma and government ha are working hand in hand. You know, big uh, executives come from pharma, go to government, come out of government, go to pharma. So there's just this symbiotic relationship that you have between all these powers. Right. And he talks about all of that. And then, as you saw yesterday as well, then we went to ask questions similarly in the way that you did with uh, at the WEF. And this individual reacted in some way we've never seen before in Project Veritas history. He assaulted our uh, staff uh, who were there to, you know, support James's interview questions and, and help the staff, you know, obtain answers. And, uh, you know, it's the videos by, by themselves. You know, the first one we launched with the investigation has about 20 million views on, on Twitter alone right now. And the video of this interview where, um, the person reacted in the way he did has almost 10 million views. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Just, yeah, just you know, I, I, um, I watched it and what he said was so stunning and it was almost too perfect. And so part of me thought, can this be real? 
maybe this was a, a setup or a stitch up because what he said was so villainous. It is every fear, every skepticism manifested. I thought, is this guy really who he is? And I know that James O'Keefe put those questions to him in the final encounter and showed the documentary evidence. But when he was finally confronted, he said, I'm just a consultant. I'm just a contractor. I'm not even a scientist. It was like he was trying to say, I'm not an important person. I couldn't have meant it. And then the most insane thing was when he called himself a liar. He denounced himself half a dozen times as a liar. I've never seen such a meltdown, but is he real? Like, it, it, is, is that really him? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, a lot of people have, you know, asked that because, as you said, the material is so shocking and so disturbing uh, to a lot of people that a lot of people don't want to believe that this is actually true or happening. What I can say is that, first of all, Project Veritas stands behind our journal. Behind our oh, I know, and I'm not doubting it. I'm just no, thinking that. Oh, it's know, the I only know, way I could possibly, like, absolutely. what he said was so shocking and evil, uh, I almost want to think it's a setup because I don't want it to be true. No, I believe me. I, I know that I know you're obviously a great journalist and a friend of ours. I absolutely know you're not questioning that. I'm saying to the general people that have brought questions to this, you know, Project Veritas, as, as you know, Ezra, uh, we stand by our journalism and we never get any of these uh, materials wrong. We never have. So we have a reputation for, for being very accurate and we do our due diligence to verify everything before we publish it. We have put out all the information to corroborate where he works. Other third parties have done the same. Dr. Malone has done the same. We've seen that. Um, here's a very telling aspect, in my opinion. Uh, Pfizer has had 48 hours to respond. Mm -hmm. If this person wasn't real, wouldn't you think that Pfizer would have responded to at least some media outlet. They don't respond to anyone, Fox News, anyone, saying, you know, this person doesn't work for us, this person's low level, this person doesn't have any authority on the vaccines or COVID. Not anything, not one sentence to try to delegitimize this rep this reporting. Wouldn't you imagine that it would be easy for them if it were simple enough to do, to come out and just write three sentences to try to take out um, the impact of this story. So we haven't seen any of that in 48 hours. Uh, I'm sure they've seen the video, right? There's no way they haven't. So, um, you know, what, what Tim Poole said also, I will say, well, was very interesting. When the, when the man was reacting, saying, oh, I'm a liar, Tim Poole's like, so why should I believe that you're a liar now if you're a liar? Why should I believe what you're saying right now if you're saying that you're a liar? Why should I believe that? You know, so it's actually... You know what I can. You know I'm not. I'm no psychologist, but I would imagine that a person that you know said the things that he said and knows he got caught in that situation, their gut reaction is to try to downplay everything about themselves as they could mm -hmm. to try to you know somehow convince us not to publish the story and mm -hmm. throw doubt in the fray. But uh, I'm not sure that that strategy is being effective for for him or for Pfizer. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I've uh, been on the dating scene, but I, I acknowledge that there is a obviously a temptation to self-aggrandize, make you look handsomer, richer, more powerful than you are on a date. I get it, and, and I believe that. But what he said doesn't, you know, directed evolution of the vaccine, sorry, of the virus to induce mutations that we then provide the vaccine for, that's not hey, I'm smarter than I am, handsomer than I am, richer than I am. That is, how is that even a dating lie? Why would you, how do you come up with that phrase? It's so specific. 
It's so technical. And frankly, I think it looks evil. I don't think that's a show off move. It just, it's so crazy. I think that guy was having a kind of a breakdown because he knew he was caught dead to rights. And he sort of had a premonition of it earlier when he said, oh, this is like that conservative sting operation. I, I don't, has, has there been any word about this guy in the last 24 hours? Have, has he said anything? Has he gone to ground? What do we know about him in the last day? Yeah, no, we haven't heard from that, him. And, you know, Kim.com was a huge uh, personality now. He tweeted something very interesting last night. He said, you know, this person, Jordan Walker, if you're seeing this, reach out to us, become a whistleblower, because I'm sure, you know, you're not, you know, really, you know, obviously you, you, you're not happy that you're exposed through Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, but, you know, there's people that are suggesting that potentially this individual might be concerned about how Pfizer will take his revelations, right? So if he has any concerns about his, you know, well-being or whatever that may be, uh, Kim.com invited him to come public. Uh, you know, he'd support him in any way he could to do so. So, and Project Veritas, by the way, uh, we are an organization that not only does undercover videos, as you know, but we also welcome whistleblowers. Yeah, so I've seen that. Him, he can become, he can, you know, come to us and, and, you know, open up really about what's going on or other whistleblowers can come to us at veritastips at protonmail.com. We're very receptive to, uh, to people like that and we will uh, protect you. You know, that's a fascinating way of looking at it. And I'm glad you told me that. I hadn't seen that comment by Kim.com. And by the way, for those folks who don't know, Kim.com legally changed his name to that. He was a, an early tech innovator. He's a bit of a tycoon and he's a bit of a dissident, uh, lives in New Zealand and is for privacy and for challenging big government, big tech. So that's a very interesting comment by an uh, influential character. I never thought of it that way. I always thought of this guy as a rascal who was lying. But maybe here's another way of thinking about it. Imagine if he was part of a crime family, like the Sopranos or something, just for example. And to he was on a date and to seem tough and brave, he was telling family secrets, mob secrets that were then revealed. Would he be afraid of the police or would he be more afraid of Tony Soprano? Right. And would he say to the journalist, no, 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 I was lying. Tony never did that. We never did that. I just made it up. So you're right. He may well be more afraid of the organization within which he worked and the secrets that he gave out. He may be far more afraid of them than of James O'Keefe, who simply embarrassed him. But you know what? I, he looked so stressed out. He, I, he looked like he was in genuine distress. He panicked. He, he shouted. He almost cried. He said, you can't do this. This is absurd. He called the police. He lunged. He, like, I think we saw a human being crumbling in front of our eyes mentally because I think that's pure fear. Yeah, no. You know, that's, these are all things that I think are worth considering. I think also, you know, having someone who, you know, I, I believe some people have invited psychologists to analyze his behavior on the moment, right? Like, you know, the first reaction was, what's going on? You know, is this real life? Then he goes on to, I never said this. You know, I'm a liar. Men lie on dates. You know, but as you pointed out, you know, what kind of lies do people, men, you know, or whoever might say, you know, I have money. I have influence. I'm, you know, I'm powerful. I'm rich. But bragging about specific details of a of a project that most people, as, he, as this man said himself, wouldn't like, the public wouldn't like. He said it himself that, you know, don't tell anyone, you know, we don't tell this to the public. We don't think they'd like this. 
So how is that a bragging mechanism, you know, if, if it's something that people don't like? So it's very interesting, uh, you know, from there on, you know, he's, he, he, he pretends he's the victim by saying he has to call the police. Then he says, don't let these people leave, which is potentially, I don't know what to describe that as, but yeah. doesn't yeah. seem legal to me. Um, and then he goes on to, moves on there to physically assault uh, the individual, believing that by assaulting an iPad with the video, somehow the video would disappear. Yeah. I, I don't know what the... Well, and, I mean, not, you could see he was grasping at any straws. If I lock you in here, maybe the story won't get out. If I smash the iPad, maybe that'll somehow destroy the video. Like, he, that was... You know what? Some people joke these days when they go up against a powerful force. They say, by the way, I'm in good health and I have no suicidal thoughts. It's a, it's a dark joke about if they, God forbid, were found dead later and someone were to ascribe it to suicide. You know, it's a dark joke. But in this case, he looks so genuinely distraught. You know, God forbid, I hope he doesn't take his own life. And I, and I don't mean to put that idea out there other than I have rarely in my life seen a man so distraught and so distressed and humiliated and scared at the same time. And I actually hope he is okay. And wouldn't it be wonderful if he did become a whistleblower? He also, I mean, let me just say one more thing, and I know you've got to go because you've had, you know, this is the number one story in the world right now. But let me just mention one other thing. You talk about the revolving door between government and big pharma. And we know this is true. For example, the former FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, if I'm I'm getting my stats right, he became a director of Pfizer, and he does the punditry for Pfizer on TV. And he was also the one, if I'm not mistaken, who tried to get Twitter to censor critics of Pfizer. Talk about a revolving door. Again, we can corroborate that. That's not a dating lie. It's an accurate observation. So we know some of the things he said were completely true. Right. And 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 the and demeanor was very interesting to me. He was giggling. He's like, yeah, you know, this is great for us and the industry, but you know, it's just really bad for the American people. Yeah. And, and he's and he and he and you know, he did giggle about it, right? He wasn't, you know, it's, he didn't seem like he was upset about it or was opposed to it. He just found it. Well, yeah, that's an interesting part of my job, you know. Like probably if if I not that he didn't say these things, but you know, he's probably thinking, you know, hey, like if I end up going to the FDA and you know, probably get that revolving door treatment myself one day. Yeah. You know, and, but he does explain in detail what he does say is exactly, you know, how we asked how what how how is this bad for the American people? Yeah. And he said, well, you know, the people that are supposed to review drugs and look, take a serious look at what we're you know trying to put in the market, they have an interest of not going too hard on us so that they have a job after they're done with their government uh, uh, regulation job. Yeah. So it's 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 quite telling that he was we as you said, people know this, but to hear the proof and hear the person inside that world confirm what we suspect is powerful in itself. You know, I, I want to come back to my Sopranos analogy one last time. You know, when I was in Davos last week and I bumped into Tony Soprano, a.k.a. Albert Bourla, the CEO of Pfizer, I asked him about the fact that Pfizer, and you probably know this, uh, Mario, I'm sure you do. A few years back, they paid the largest fine at that point in American history, $2.3 billion for deceptive marketing of another drug. $2.3 billion settlement. They basically made a deal to avoid the full prosecution. So this company we know has engaged in a company-wide criminal enterprise before, and the stakes are so much higher and it's so much bigger. Why wouldn't they 
engage in deceptive deception now when the stakes are so much higher. And maybe I was talking to the Tony Soprano of the organization, so like a good mafia don, he didn't say a word. He denied everything. He was just quiet. But this underling, you know, sang like a canary, as they might say in the Sopranos. He, he didn't mean to rat them out or snitch, but he just was caught really as an FBI agent might, I mean, this is a move the FBI might have done on Tony, and I know I'm going really deep down my Tony Soprano analogy here, but I think when you're dealing with Pfizer and the stakes and their ethics, I think it's a useful comparison. I, I don't know if Albert Bourla really is a criminal boss, but my God, that organization deserves all the scrutiny you can get. Last question, Mario. We're yep. an independent news organization. I see other independent news organizations covering this like crazy. Has any mainstream media, has any regime media, has the New York Times, has the Washington Post, has the LA Times, have any of them covered this story based on your blockbuster reporting? None of those that you mentioned have. Uh, Tucker Carlson, of course, is not in that same category, but he, he did and extensively. He did a 20-minute segment opening his show yesterday, wow. which was quite incredible to see. So on Fox News, it, uh, on Tucker's show specifically, it happened. Something to note that's very interesting. Uh, Newsweek ran a fact check on the on the story. Really? And they, they, yeah, and and guess what? They couldn't rate it false. They rated it unverified. So they couldn't even get to their objective of trying to uh, say it was fake news. And they, it, you should read. I can't even describe the amount of nonsense that's in there. But I, all I have to say to that reporter is. If it's unverified, isn't your job as a reporter to go and verify it? Like, isn't that your job? That's what yeah. you know. That's what I want to know. Yeah. And the other interesting thing that I'll point out is Daily Mail wrote an article in the morning, early morning. Oh, I saw that, uh, and then it was removed. So I don't know what happened with that Daily Mail I saw article. Saw that too. Daily Mail is normally outstanding. They're they're contrarian. They love taking a hard line because they're not so close to the US president or the Canadian prime minister, I find that they can have more objectivity. When they took that story down, I, I was very curious about that. Well, listen, Mario, you've been very generous with your time. Outstanding work. We can find all sorts of info at projectveritas.com. Do I have that website right? That is correct. Projectveritas.com is our website, and you can uh, donate to us there as well as become a whistleblower by going to that website as well. Well, let me close by saying, you know, I appreciate your courteous comments about our work in, in Davos last week. That was three minutes of opportunistic question asking. I'm glad we did, and I'm, I'm proud of it. But to compare our three minutes of scrumming the CEO with your deeply, meticulously planned, patient, team, undercover work, you know, I, I'm grateful for your praise. But what you guys did, and it was obviously a team effort, was so outstanding uh, and I think it will change the course of the world just a little bit. I think it'll change the course of the world just a little bit. So congratulations and pass on our best regards to your whole team, including the boss. Thank you so much, Judge. I appreciate that. Thank right, you. There you go, Mariel Balaban, Media Relations Manager for Project Veritas. Just outstanding. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me. Sean DeLapp says, the way I see it, it's a battle of common sense versus lunacy. So no, it's not really about the left versus right anymore. Well, I, I'm not sure if I perfectly distilled my thinking yesterday. I guess I was noting how the left doesn't care for a lot of leftist causes anymore, but 
people like me do. I care about privacy. I, I care about, you know, freedom, bodily autonomy, not being forced by the government to take a jab. I, I'm worried about nuclear war. I think that women are being mistreated by the transgender movement. These are all things that I think leftists used to care about or certainly say they care about, certainly said they cared about more than how I cared about them. But I find that discombobulating. And I find it unusual to see certain liberals cheering for things we're doing. Just a very unusual time we're in. I'm still working on those ideas, but thank you for your kind words. Tanya Bev says, hey, Ezra, are you becoming controlled opposition? I have supported you for over two years, as well as supporting True North and other such organizations. I am disappointed in your coverage of Jeremy McKenzie. All right, well, thank you very much for putting that to me. Now, I must confess that I am not deeply immersed in the subject of Jeremy McKenzie. I understand that he's a Canadian dissident protester who has protested against uh, Trudeau and has suffered in various ways for it, including legally. And the latest news is that he has been debanked. That is, Scotiabank refuses to bank with him anymore. And that is of no surprise to me, as Rebel News itself has been debanked. You might recall that about a year ago, we tried to get a mortgage and the two lending officers said, wow, love to. You've got a great balance sheet. We'll give you no problem, but later on said, uh-oh, had office as Nick's did for political reasons. So I know exactly what it's like to be debanked. I think you're referring to an out-of-context excerpt from Sheila Gunn-Reed's report on Jeremy McKenzie, where she lists his flaws and his failures, but goes on quickly to say anyone, no matter what their flaws, deserves the right to bank. And she points out that Omar Khadr, the terrorist, and Carla Homolka, the mass murderer, they have the right to a bank account. So I think you're mistaking and misunderstanding what Sheila Gunn-Reed was doing. She was saying she doesn't have to agree with or even like someone to stand up for his rights to bank. I think Sheila was taking a very principled stand. And as far as controlled opposition, that makes me laugh whenever I hear it. If we're controlled opposition, I would suggest to you that we're quite uncontrollable we're always fighting with the government, whether it's in court or on the streets, in our journalism, and they fight back. Unfortunately, they punch us, they shoot us, they block us, they demean us in a way that no other media is treated in this country. That's not controlled opposition. That is opposition, and sometimes we pay a high price for it. But I appreciate you writing to me nonetheless. Well, that's our show for today. Until Monday, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.